Hello, and welcome to the third episode of Fine Delicate Media Podcast. Thank you all so much for your patience, understanding, and support of my adventures with this podcast. I had promised several weeks back that this episode was going to be released, and I failed. Sorry. (laughs) Good news is, well, I have an excuse, a viable excuse. I was sick. I wasn't sick for weeks, but I was definitely sick. And then I just kind of honestly got busy. So it's been quite an adventure for me so far this 2020. Um, A lot of things have been going on in my life. A lot of changes coming up. Things I like and I'm excited about and other things I'm not so excited about. It has definitely been an adventure. The biggest thing that I've been going through actually is moving. I really do not like moving. Moving has been such a stressful thing for most of my life. And I have moved a lot in my life, unfortunately. So you would think I would have gotten used to it by now. It would be no big deal. I still don't like it. It's it's not my thing. I, I, I don't appreciate it at all. I think a couple of reasons why is I am impatient. I prefer things just get over and done with as quickly and quietly as possible. And with moving, unfortunately, it's not that quick. Another thing too is that it's, even though I live as simple as I possibly can, I swear moving just shows you how much you collect And it feels like it's been years and years and years of collection. And in reality, it really hasn't. But having been slowly moving things um, nearly every day since the beginning of this month, I've been just finding stuff that I forgot I had. It's not like I had a bunch of storage either, mind you. It's just apparently I forgot certain things existed. So... That's been a fun adventure. The other thing that I was also going through was regarding my cats. I recently rehomed Princess. Technically, that was the goal quite some time ago. I just got busy with life and distracted with other things going on that I kind of forgot I was fostering her (laughs) and the original intent was to find her a permanent home situation. So because I was moving, I finally had to buckle down and make the move and put some feelers out and finally found a family out in Lake County where we could uh, take her to wonderful family, a mom with kids And they were so excited to meet her and to have her. And so far, everything's been going really great. So I'm really happy and thankful that that process went as smoothly as it possibly could. It was also just a really nice little drive, you know, like a a nice little kind of vacation of sorts just for a day to just get out of town not worry about anything. It w- it was a little emotional, but because it was a necessity, I was able to keep myself 
pretty well calmed down. I wasn't stressed. And I really enjoyed the drive. It was just, you know, again, nice nice little adventure. And she seems to really be bonding well with the family. So that's a really great relief for me. Now the next adventure after that was figuring out what am I going to do with Mars and Shadow. I've been with them for a number of years. Shadow nearly 10 and Mars nearly 5. So it just didn't feel right to rehome them. I feel like if you're going to take on an animal as a pet, you are promising to take care of that animal for their life. Meaning through difficult situations, through easy situations, you should be caring for that pet. Obviously, time and unforeseen circumstances come upon everyone. It happens. But your first inclination should not be to just rehome this pet because suddenly they are no longer convenient. It's not how it works. Again, obviously situations change and sometimes for the betterment of you and the animal, it is better to rehome to someone who can give them the care that they deserve. It happens. But that shouldn't be the first thing that everyone jumps to. So that was kind of where my mind went. Now, after doing a lot of research and talking to a few people, I was drawn attention to something called an ESA, also known as Emotional Support Animal. Basically what it stands for is an animal is no longer recognized as a pet. They are now a medical necessity for you um, with a mental disability. And that could be emotional or some other way of mental disability. I had to go through some steps. I had to talk to a therapist. I had to get some letters written for each cat that they were okayed by a therapist, that I needed them as an emotional support animal. So the great part about it is that I can now take my cats anywhere with me, even to places that are no pets uh, policy. I don't have to pay a pet deposit. And I can also travel with them. Um, Some laws might be changing soon regarding free travel. But at least for right now, I'm covered with my living circumstance. So I'm very thankful about that. I was getting extremely stressed out about what to do, how to do it, when to do it, everything. So I'm really thankful that that process has been handled I'm a little nervous on how to present it to the landlord, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed on hoping that it works out great (laughs) and that uh, nothing goes wrong. And a lot of other changes coming up too. I've had a number of um, really great inquiries come in um, for photography, which has been fantastic. I've already got several weddings booked for this year and a few more coming up. I did have a very interesting circumstance recently with two people. Clearly a bad situation. Clearly it was, uh, I don't want to say spam, I'm blanking on the word right now, but it was definitely not a legit situation. Um, Just to give a little insight on what happened, I had put out a feeler or a little kind of mini ad of sorts on Craigslist. Just wanted to see how it went. I've gotten some amazing hits. Honestly, for $5, 
totally worth it. I will take the spam. <laughs> um, but this was great because I could just put out there that I'm offering, you know, custom pricing packages for weddings, you know, tailored to your needs and so forth. So just a really nice quick little ad with some pictures. I've gotten a number of hits, two of which are the ones I wanted to talk about. Both hit me up within about a week span of each other. Different names, different situations, different areas of where they're getting married. One was uh, staying in Yuba City and the other one here local in downtown. The interesting thing was everything seemed legit at first. You know, they asked some questions, good key indicator that they are interested and want to know what's, you know, what to expect, what do I require. Once I mentioned what I charge, everything seemed to work for them. And then they wanted to set up a time to send a check for a deposit for um, booking and the wedding. The only interesting factor that I honestly at first didn't really truly think about was the time frame. They were both asking for February, a week from each other's. Uh, middle of February and the end of February. In my experience, I always expected people to book sooner than a last minute, but I'm also remembering that not everyone is getting married with months and months and months of advance notice. Some really are doing that elopement where it's either a small wedding or just a very quick thing. They want to get some pictures. That's it. So trying to give those people the benefit of a doubt. The interesting factor, once we got into the payment and the, basically the how they were going to send the check, I also mentioned, hey, I have a contract. You folks are going to sign it. You're going to take a look at it. You're going to sign it to sign off that you understand how everything's going to work, the payment, the due date, everything, everything then we can go ahead and move forward with getting you booked and getting everything, you know, straight and and narrow. Totally ignored my emails, both of them. Then they email back asking for my address so they can mail me the check. I respond back, before we do that, go ahead and take a look at the contract I sent. I just want to make sure everything looks good before we move forward. I don't want either of us to waste our time. If you end up not liking um, or want something changed, we can discuss before we move forward. So just trying to cover my butt and theirs before we move forward. Again, totally ignore the whole comment I have about a contract and mention payment again. What's my address? So eventually... I ask, okay, well, how much are you putting on the check? Because I want to make sure that they're putting down the right amount for me. That's when both of them give the exact same story. Oh, the check is actually going to come from my boss who is basically paying for um, part of my wedding. So the check will come to you. Oh, okay, well, no problem, I understand. Before I give you my address, it's imperative that you look at the contract and sign off on it before the payment is scheduled to go through, deposited, anything. Just want to make sure we're on the right track. Still no answer. Then eventually, 
They're like, oh, by the way, I need your address. My boss has written the check. Oh, just as a heads up, he actually accidentally wrote a lump sum. He thought you and the DJ were together. So what you're going to have to do is deposit the check that is sent to you. And then you and the DJ can work together on giving the DJ their portion of what is owed. Major red flag. Why are both of them giving the same story? So I immediately start asking more questions, saying, nope, I can't do that. One check to me only has to be in my name for the amount that was discussed and okayed. If you can't, I have to back out. All sorts of just little things just to see what they say. Honestly, at this point, I already knew it wasn't legit. I just was really interested to see how far they were going to go. Eventually, I just had to ignore them because they clearly were not wanting anything more than for me to deposit that check and who knows what was going to happen after. Basically, I'm just bringing all of this up because just in case anyone listening happens to be a newer photographer or maybe has not yet experienced a situation like this, be cautious. I mean, you're going to experience it whether, you know, you've advertised on your website like me on Craigslist or on Facebook or anywhere else, but it's going to happen. So just be prepared and protect yourself. A great way of protecting yourself with regards to really any business, but in this particular case, photography, is through contracts. I highly, highly recommend everybody have a contract. And again, really for any service you are going to provide, period. Not only does it protect you as the person providing the service, it does protect your clients as well, making sure they completely and 100% understand the service provided, how it's all going to work, and what they should expect or be doing as well. One thing I really like about contracts is that you can use kind of templated ones. Um, I started out that way with my wedding photography, but I started doing more customized ones because I also want to give the clients some leeway if and when I'm comfortable You know, I've heard a few photographers that might be willing to provide the raw photos, which typically is not recommended, but perhaps for more money, they can release the raw photos as well. Or uh, other situations I've heard of is where the client didn't want their photo shared on the photographer's website or social media basically just not released anywhere or at the very least only by the client's approval and that's okay if if a photographer is willing to go that extra mile for their client that is their decision obviously it has to be thought about planned out researched and so forth 
because the bottom line is the photographer will have to decide if it's worth their investment of time, resources, and so forth. There is a lot that goes into photography, a lot that many clients do not know or understand or possibly care about. I mean, why would they, if they're not a photographer themselves, all they care about is getting the service that they're wanting to pay for? So it makes sense that not everyone's going to be experienced or have knowledge into all of the ins and outs and the background of what goes into being a photographer, getting the photos edited and provided for everything. There's just so much. So it's really not fair to expect that every client is going to fully understand what it entails. The biggest thing I think that I learned so far having started down the professional photography industry is that questions are imperative and I really believe that it should come from both ends you as well as the client both sides of the coin otherwise that can leave room for miscommunication misunderstandings and so forth One of the things that really helped me was joining photography groups, especially ones that are local to Sacramento. I can connect with fellow photogs, I can ask questions, learn from their mistakes, learn from their experiences, what worked from them, uh, what didn't work for them, and so forth. And also just share little tidbits of what I've experienced and learned as well. It's just a very great support group. So for anyone listening that is also a photographer, if you are not yet joined into a group or forum, um, something with Facebook, I highly recommend it. It really gives you fantastic insight into the world of photography. And a lot of regular people that are not photographers are joined in on that group too. They love to see photographers work. Some are just amateurs, so they're not looking for making money. They just love being part of the world by sharing their own personal pictures that they've taken. And clients also just want to see what's going on. What are photographers dealing with? How can I be a better client? And I love that that is a thing now. I think it's a great way that both sides can fully understand what goes into photography. But that isn't everything that I wanted to go over today. I did still want to get into the subject of body image. The biggest reason that I decided a few weeks back really uh, in 2019 (laughs) that I wanted to talk about body image Not only because it is something that does affect me personally, but I know so many others that are affected as well. And it's not just a thing in the female community, it's in the male community, it's in every community. Everyone is facing it in some way, shape, or form. And the more I spoke to friends and family, ones I've connected with on different social media platforms, I became really saddened discovering 
how much it really has touched all of us. A lot of it stems from society, unfortunately. What society is telling us is beautiful and acceptable. What I really wanted to draw attention to, the biggest portion of body image that I wanted to draw attention to is one word, variety. Variety is such a beautiful thing and it's everywhere in this world. You see it by different cultures, different skin tones, different hair color, different eye color. Variety is everywhere, not just in humans, but in nature. You can see it in the trees, you can see it in the grass, you can see it in flowers, and you can see it in animals. Variety is everywhere. And if we can see the beauty of variety in nature, why can't we see it in the beauty of variety in humans? It seems to be such a shockingly disturbing factor that many people expect that everything with humans should look and be and act the same. But where is the fun in that? I mean, really, truly, when you sit down and you think about variety, isn't it amazing and beautiful and exciting when you find perhaps a flower that is in the same family as another flower that you've admired and loved for so long has a cousin, so to speak, you know, a different, you know, variety within that species. Like, for instance, I love sunflowers. I'm going to be real. I never realized that there was several varieties of sunflower. I really did legit think that there was just one sunflower and that's it. Obviously, I was ignorant (laughs) and unschooled in the world of flowers. I've seen what's beautiful. I love taking pictures, but I've never really sat down to do research. And that's just flower. Then there's trees. I mean, there are in the pear family alone. I looked this up. Let me make sure my memory has served me appropriately. There are I want to say about a thousand different varieties of pear trees. And that's just one fruit, folks. So if it's okay and it's tolerable, it's acceptable to have all these different varieties of pears or other fruits or other vegetables, why is it so alarming when you see different skin tones? Different eye colors, different hair colors. Some are natural, some are not natural whatever, who cares? We should want to be different. We should want to be our own variety of human. We all have different personalities. There's nothing we can really do about it. Some are inherited from our parents. Some are from our own personal experiences and were created based on how we perceive the world we see, view, and live in. And it's such a beautiful thing. I mean, think about how bland and boring and non-enjoyable life would be if we were all exactly the same. Looked exactly the same. Spoke exactly the same. Everything was exactly the same. 
there really truly would be no joy. It basically would feel like we were all computers programmed to do the exact same thing in the exact same way. I mean, logically speaking, how would that be enjoyable? How would we find happiness in a world where everything was exactly the same? The same color, everything. That's just not a world I want to live in. I would not want to be a part of that world. I love, for instance, I met someone, beautiful, beautiful girl, who had a condition. I am saddened to say I forgot what she said it was called. Um, Beautiful chocolate skin tone girl. What was interesting is that some of the pigmentation on her skin had not come through. Like the melanin was missing in her um, her skin. So in some places she had splotchy white skin. And when I say white, I'm talking like the color of white paper. And oh my goodness, she was stunning. In fact, I was able to connect with her and we have plans to do some photography together. I am so psyched to get to work with her. I'm, I almost wanted to cry when she said, yes, let's do it. I'd love to work with you. Crying tears of joy. My goodness, I am so excited to work with her, to share her story, the things that she's gone through, the things that she's heard had to deal with in society because that is not the norm that is not normal and that is what she's actually been told how disgusting that we live in a society telling a beautiful girl that she's not normal because her skin tone isn't even who cares it is absolutely stunning so just one situation out of a lot that I have actually heard. Just different stories based on different skin tones, um, different skin types for that matter. Some have a roughness, some are super smooth, and some are in between. Uh, For instance, for me, one of my embarrassing things that I'm learning to live with is I have really red, in my opinion, splotchy cheeks. Um, It's a thing called rosacea in my cheeks and I was born with it. I've always had very rosy cheeks and one thing that I get embarrassed about is if I get super hot. Um, when I drink, I have a skin reaction where my my cheeks get really flushed, like super bright tomato red. What is embarrassing about it is not that I go bright red, But I have a section of my skin that actually goes around my mouth. So basically from my nose down around my mouth and my chin stay completely ash white (laughs) when I get flushed. But my cheeks and my forehead go super, super pink. Oh, it stands out. I feel like a raccoon, <laughs> just red and white instead of black. So I just, it, it can be very embarrassing. That's just a very tiny, very extremely minimal, who cares that that happens. But it's just one of those personal things that I never really liked about my skin tone. I didn't like how uneven it was at times. 
But again, I can't possibly compare to other people that have other issues like that skin pigmentation issue that that beautiful girl told me about and experiences. Um, That's a genetic disorder that I love. I absolutely love, but not everyone does. Um, The people that deal with them not only don't like it, but obviously people will speak out against it. Some are just ignorant don't realize that what they're saying can be offensive. Some are just curious and they want to know, hey, what's that called? Or what's it like? What do you know about it? Some are just curious, but the ignorance comes from really learning how to ask about it, how to talk about it. Be careful with your words. You might think that it sounds totally innocent, But really think about the tone in which you're asking or talking. That can really set the precedence on how that person feels moving forward about themselves, about you, about the world that they live in. So each and every single one of us has something to do. That is, don't be ignorant. Do your homework. Do your research. Gain some knowledge. Also, don't just react, think. Think about what you're going to say and how that might come across before you open your mouth. That can really, truly set a better tone moving forward. Body image is such a big deal. We really, truly are afflicted, all of us, in some way, shape, or form. Some of us have something we do not like about ourselves. I mentioned one aspect. I have multiple other things that I do not like about myself. And I've always suffered with it. For as long as I can remember, there have been multiple things about my body, myself, that I just do not like. I'm not happy with whatsoever. Everyone has something. Some people have become very good at hiding that. Some have become excellent at hiding how they feel about themselves, but it really truly is there. A lot of statistics have shown how many people have issues. A lot of it was just by speaking to medical professionals like doctors or therapists, psychiatrists. So they know what they're talking about. They are medical professionals. They know what's going on in the world based on who they've spoken with. And a lot of people are now recognizing a necessity or a desire to go to a therapist or a psychiatrist. Personally for me, I've really been considering it just based on all of my past history, recent and um, more in the past. I've been through a lot. I've seen a lot and I, I, I've definitely grown to appreciate a therapist, what they can really help a person through. So I'll be doing some research, contemplating it, thinking about it, seeing if it's something that I can viably bring into my life. Uh, Maybe not completely often at first, but at least explore the option. I mean, I might decide to go one time and realize it's just not for me. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with anyone that does it. I know a number of people that actually have a therapist and they love it. They have experienced 
expressed to me that having a therapist changed their world. It really helped teach them how to delegate onto themselves better ways to handle stress, anxiety, um, body image issues for some, um, or just handling multiple things going on in their life all at once. A better way to sit down and really game plan for themselves because each person is really different. Each individual handles things a little different. But a therapist is such a great unbiased person that can come in all they know is what you've told them but gathered through their own personal experience their own medical training they've learned great ways to help you help you so definitely something that I'm going to be looking into and thinking about doing some research if anyone else is thinking about it I've become one of those people that I would much rather try and fail than not try at all and find out that would have been a viable option. So maybe think about that. It's kind of a personal motto of mine is try and fail rather than not try at all. So maybe think about it. You know, maybe adopt that same motto in some way, shape, or form into your life. Try it. You never know unless you try it. Now, that doesn't mean that that's going to work for every single thing in your life. In some cases, don't do it. (laughs) It might be life-threatening. So definitely don't do something that could possibly put your life at risk. But in this case, in this kind of option, you know, definitely worth a try. Or if you're someone who's an entrepreneur considering trying something new, try it. If it's not going to put your life at risk in, in in a way, I say go for it. You have a support system. You've got friends. You've got family. You've got me. Hey, I may not know you personally, but any way that I can support you, I definitely want to. My takeaway or my hope for today's episode, I know that was a few different kinds of topics, but I really hope that in some way, shape, or form, this helped even just one person, Um, whether it was someone that maybe might be moving and is a little stressed about it, you know you're not alone now because I'm doing it. (laughs) If anyone has been looking into alternatives for their animals, maybe rehoming just doesn't feel like a good idea for one way or another, look into an ESA. It's very possible you can qualify. There's a lot of websites online that get you on the right track. There is a fee, so just expect it no matter what. You do have to talk to a therapist, whether it's online or in person. And if you do qualify and you are accepted, they do write a letter. So at least that is a viable option. So for anyone looking into it, now hopefully you know if you didn't know about an ESA. Hopefully this will help. For anyone dealing with body image issues, you are most certainly not alone. And I want to be a support system. So if you don't yet follow me on Instagram or Facebook, I would love to chat with you. Um, If you're local and you ever want to meet up, man, would I love to meet you and get to know with you, connect with you. Any way that I can support you, I want to. So reach out to me. I do have a website. I haven't yet really done a lot of additions with the podcast on it. 
but my website is finedelicatemedia.com. You can also find me on Facebook under Fine Delicate Media. And you can also find me on Instagram as Wandering Sav, and that's Sav, S-A-V. I will wrap up today's episode. Um, This was the third one. A lot of different things going on. Again, my hope is that it helped some way. Uh, That's my goal for each episode is bringing attention to a subject that maybe not a lot of people are talking about. Maybe some are, but maybe in a different way to help both sides of the coin. So that's a theme I want to keep moving forward with. This one definitely was a lot longer than I originally intended, but I'm okay with it. I'm going with the flow. (laughs) Hopefully you are too. If you have any recommendations on other topics, I'd love to hear it. Let me know. Um, You can email me. You can text me. You can call me. uh, Message me through social. I'd love it. Just let me know if there's certain subjects you'd love to hear. I would love to put together some material for that. I love you all and I really, really appreciate all of the support that I have received so far keep it coming. It's really keeping me motivated and feeling really good about this adventure. I've been very, very nervous about doing this podcast. It's more personal than I'm really used to. I don't get personal or in deep about myself like this unless you are a very close friend. So this is a little bit of a different thing for me, not something that I'm used to or can would have considered even before. But I'm I'm glad and I'm pushing myself to open up with everyone. So again, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed some portion or learned something from this episode and stay tuned for number four. I am not 100% sure my goal is to get back to the every two weeks or at least once a month. Fingers crossed that I can make that happen because I still have a lot of big changes coming my way. I will keep you tuned in on as things progress and I will keep you in the loop. Thank you all so much. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week.